0: Hello and welcome to Silent Class. So it's episode one of season three for Silent Class. Mm. And we're back again, doing pre-season again. And um, yeah, how are you doing, Glenn? It's been a oh, while. It has been a while, hasn't
1: it? It's been a long, hot summer, Ollie, since we last did a podcast, hasn't it? So um, it
0: Hasn't rained since we last did a podcast. I think,
1: yeah, I think we've cursed the world, or we've cursed Shropshire anyway, because we haven't had a bloody drop of rain, to be honest with you. But um, we've, obviously no, we had a had world, we've obviously had a World Cup to keep us entertained, haven't we, Ollie, as well? So it's been an interesting summer without football. I think it's been... Obviously, the sort of feeling of the end of last season has sort of lingered, hasn't it? And we've we've started to get a new squad built, and obviously a new manager starting to see what he's like, and it's all it's all very odd feeling about going into the season. But we could talk about that in a little bit more detail. But yes, it's, I've had a good summer. I haven't been on my all day yet, but I've been enjoying it.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm go um, going on holiday on Saturday, yeah, nice. so looking forward to that. And. Um, yeah, it has been a bit of an odd summer, hasn't it? Because the World Cup has been amazing. I I watched so much football. <laughs> like the first Saturday when there was four games, I watched all four. Then I watched all three the next day. And yeah, I've watched a hell of a lot of games, which has been interesting. It's been good because it's been a quite a, a decent World Cup in terms of games. Go obviously the European Championship was kind of famed for being defensive football, and it was a bit dire, wasn't it? But there's been some good games and some fun. And obviously, you never came home. No, but I think we um, kind of did. Some but the kind is, of the yeah. wave and the fun and just the kind of yeah the the happiness that it brought um, and yeah I thought it was really good I I enjoyed the World Cup and I think England did well it, obviously we didn't score as many goals in mm. open play we would like. But it's a building a basis, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh,
1: it's quite funny because we recorded our first our first outcast just you know during the the sort of debacle of the Euros, didn't we, two years ago? And um, yeah, to look at where English football's kind of moved on to a little bit in two years is quite remarkable, really. And yeah, it's a building process, and you you like to look forward to what's going to happen with England over the next few years now because you've got this young team, you've got good young teams behind them coming through that are winning tournaments. So lots to be positive about. And off the back of obviously Shrewsbury last season, it, it did feel a little bit when England got knocked. Out, you know, at that stage, that Shrewsbury got to a final lost, got to another final lost, didn't quite get promoted, couldn't quite beat West Ham. England had their best tournament for years, but lost in the semi final. I just think, like, and uh, I just think that basically I'm cursed watching football. And hopefully, this next season provides me with some actual <laughs> final, you know, progress of one of my teams that I'm supporting. But uh, there you go, you can't complain. Yeah,
0: it's funny, it's funny because I was thinking, obviously, as a Shrewsbury Town fan, it was, you know, we our team and our football experience is not in the limelight. It's not in the national press and that, and what following England kind of does give you that kind of, that kind of kick, that kind of buzz of what, you know, everyone talking about something and, you know, something being on a national level. And, and it's really funny actually um, after England got knocked out, there was so many Shoesie fans kind of commenting about how the feeling was so similar. To um, so getting knocked out of the World Cup, and obviously our end to season. That yeah, there was a kind of a lot of parallels there. So yeah, it's been a pretty tough summer for Salat fans. And it has. Yeah, hopefully we can um, um, have. Hopefully we can have a good season, and obviously we'll have to come. I think it's where we making a prediction maybe later on the pod. Yes. What we define as a good season, you can see it on the forums and online that there's a kind of quite a big kind of. Gauge of where Towns fans are at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, when we come to our predictions for this season, which we'll do probably. You know, close to the time. I know you're going on holiday, but yeah, I, we to, I can. We need to sign a few more players. Yeah, yeah it's to too let you early to judge yet in terms of predictions, but it'll be interesting to see where, where we where we pitch it at the moment. I'm not too. We sure. can maybe
0: make a forecast yeah. now, couldn't we? We'd have to top it up yeah. when we get quite a bit closer. Yeah,
1: good idea. But I think we'll move on to this this podcast anyway. We just thought we'd, we'd yeah. come back this week, Ollie. When, when sort of preseason started now, hasn't it? So we played played three games. Obviously, only two of them could actually well one of you could only go and watch two behind closed doors so we thought we'd come back and sort of sort of look at the new signings look at where we still need something um, uh, so we'll look at the squad changes and um, then we're going to move on to looking at pre-season so far and then uh, the last thing really for, for our regular listeners was to update the results of our predictions that we did last season Ollie um, so yep. and also go back over Salop uh, cast player of the year which we forgot to mention in our end of season review so we'll just finish off with that as well so yeah lots to get on with um, yeah look forward to this season Ollie it's going to be interesting
0: it's going to be interesting, yeah. I don't think we've ever gone to a season with this kind of like. Obviously, we had an expectation to host, but we kind of knew where we stood. And this is, yeah, this is quite u- unique for us, isn't it? Obviously, we've never had a manager go on to to bigger, better things, mm. um, and then to get a new manager in a. Kind of positive situation, and you know, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the f- um, the squad and the team, but we've actually gone in there. We've actually quite a lot of players already on the books, so it's a bit odd. And we've obviously got assets as well, so there's yeah. lots of kind of emotions and thoughts that don't normally go through our head. It's normally, I've oh, got to sign a whole squad. Don't know who the managers like, and then let's see what happens. So it's been quite different, hasn't it? And obviously, we we have signed a few players, and yeah, it's it's worth us going through those. Mm,
1: I think. Well, well, we'll just get straight into it because uh, yeah, first episode back, we'll we'll be we'll be productive. Um, so yeah, new signings. We've obviously signed at the moment. Five new players, Ollie. Um, all yeah. of them permanent signings, which is which is quite interesting, isn't it? Um, no loans yet, which. You know, is, is quite unique for Shrewsbury Town. If we don't end up with no loans, that'll be completely surprising. But yeah, the new Warriors brought in uh, five players and, and you've done your usual thing, Ollie, yep. at the start of every season. You like to really dig deep into these players and their history. And I'm sure town fans will have already done this, but what, what what's things stand out with these five players for you?
0: Yeah, so it's it must be the history graduate and me doing a bit of research. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously very quickly after um, we'd lost a, a left-back to Coventry, yep. we signed a left-back or left-wing-back from Coventry. Mm. Um, so we signed Ryan Haynes on a two-year deal Um, He's 22 years old, Um, so far he's played um, 78 games at Coventry, Um, he's been on loan, went on loan to Cambridge United and played 10 games there, and he only only played 21 games last season, so that's not a lot. Mm, no. Uh, so that's a bit of, a little bit of a concern potentially. Um but there were, but on terms of positives, obviously he was involved in the check of trade win. So that's good. He's been to <laughs> Wembley and won a game. Um he didn't he wasn't involved at all in the in the playoffs uh, for Coventry in the oh, final. Okay. Uh, so he didn't play in the final. So yeah, not a lot of games, but um, he comes and yeah, commentary fans online, I know you were chatting to a lot of commentary fans, Glenn, they were they weren't they weren't best pleased that he'd gone there was a bit quite a bit of disappointment
1: yeah it's a bit of bit 50-50 i'd say rather than a universal disappointment he'd gone i think some people obviously when a player's been at a club for a long time think it's probably the right time to move now and you know kind of wish them their best and and a new club might do in the world of good the vibe that i got from talking to coventry fans was He's more impressive in the attacking elements, in very similar to maybe Junior Brown when he first signed for us in terms of when he was playing left back. Yeah. Um but defensively can get caught out a little bit. Um and I've seen him play and we'll talk about the preseason games in a minute of what I thought. But um yeah, the, the vibes from Coventry were that you know it was a sort of a, a, probably a good move for everybody, them getting Brown and us getting Haynes. It suited both parties, didn't it? The interesting thing for Coventry is they've signed another left back, so Junior Brown's got a sort of new competition for places at Coventry, which will be interesting to see how much he plays this season. But yeah. Uh, for, for me, it seemed like a reasonable sign-in at first, um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how he goes on.
0: Yeah, and no, it would be interesting to see how commentary get on as well, because they lost nearly a million two years ago they lost 1.1 million last year and looks like they're going for it again this season so yeah interesting one in terms of the finances at Coventry yeah. but um, another player we signed um, so we've got quite a few central defenders now which kind of did p- make people a little bit concerned when he first came in but yeah I think you need to have quite a few you know four central defenders is probably perfect
1: mm. we've, got, we've got about 12 now though, haven't we
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've signed um, Kieran Kennedy um, who's a um, central defender um, on an undisclosed um, fee from Macclesfield he's on a one-year deal which is odd actually I was a bit surprised by that and 24 um, he started his career actually there's going to be a bit of a theme as we go through this actually, in terms of the players we signed that he started his youth career at Man City I mean yeah, right. um, he did actually play regularly in their development squad he, then he went to Leicester he played in their under 21 team and he did play for England under 19 in his development yep. um, he moved to Scotland where he went to Motherwell um, and then he played for, um, for Wade, then he played for Filed when they got their promotion, mm. um, and he signed for Macclesfield and won and won promotion under um, under under our new manager. So yeah, he's uh, interesting. Obviously coming from a, a good kind of pedigree, um, and yeah, it obviously comes in knowing the manager really well. So so obviously then that means that we've got um, Beckles Sadler. Um, and Toto, you know, and Zach, Zach, Jules, but yeah. don't foresee him really being the first team. So we've got four um, first-team central defenders now.
1: Yeah, I think with, with Kennedy, uh, sorry, with, sorry, go back to Jack Jules, just as you mentioned it, I, I was going to talk about it later, but he'd been sent to play with the youth team in uh, Newtown last night. So I think he's about as far away from um, AScii's thoughts yeah. of playing this season as he could possibly be. So I'm almost certain if we can get a deal or even loan him out again like we did last season, there's, there's pretty much zero chance of him playing a, a game for town. The season, I would suspect, um, especially when you've got Shellis as well there's a bit of a youth prospect at centre back. Even if you have to dip into your yeah. fifth player, you know there's there's a player there, so there's really no need for Zach Jules to be here, to be honest with you. So I can suspect he'll move on. But yeah, a manager always goes back to his club to bring in one of his old players, someone he obviously trusts a lot, and you you, you know you suspect that first player he's going to bring in is someone who'll end up playing quite a bit. So it does make it interesting, as you say, about having those four centre backs and three of which tried and trusted, and and you know Toto Beckles and Sadler are well liked at this football club. So. To be fair to Kieran Kennedy, if he is going to play a fair bit, he's going to have to dislodge very well-liked players, which could be quite difficult for him. So the one-year deal maybe explains that. Maybe... It doesn't quite happen for him, and, and he can move on. You know, at the end of the season with no, with no problems. But um, yeah, it's a weird. Weird one, one year deals, isn't it? it? Doesn't show a lot of faith in a player.
0: Yeah, it does. But he signed one year deals when he's at Macclesfield as well. Um, oh, okay, so, fair enough. Which I find quite interesting as well. So yeah, so he's an interesting one and one to kind of keep an eye on. Um, the next chap is—I have no idea how to pronounce his surname—and um, <laughs> we haven't heard Stuart Dunn talk yet about it with his no, name. So um, no. I was told by the club that his nickname is Faye. Um, let So that. he's Faye. Yeah, so Faye from Dagenham-Redbridge, who we signed on, a, <laughs> on an undisclosed fee. Um, interestingly, he's yeah, he seems to be quite a, a, an attacking player, so using kind of like football manager kind of terminology, we, we've got him down as a forward um, winger um, on both flanks, so he can either play, you know, he's not an out-and-out striker, but he's an interesting one. I don't know if you saw the tweet from the um, um, Peterborough chairman. And he said yes. that they have been looking at him. Um, yeah. So we signed him on a two-year deal, another twenty, another 22-year-old. Um, and again, he started his um, youth career at Arsenal and then finished it at Stevenage. Um, he started his first team career at Harrow um, and then he went to Dagenham Redbridge. And his record, you know, as a not an out striker, is pretty good, actually. So 19 goals in 68 games, which is not bad considering, obviously, the start of those 68 games. He'd have been kind of, you know learning his trade at a higher level again. So I think that's all right for a you know, you know, sacking player. Um, and, you know, he comes with quite a high calibre and, yeah, a lot of mm. interest around him.
1: He's my... Uh, most you know player I'm most happy to have signed so far. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, a star he, of the transfer window, isn't he? So far, he stands out the most to me at the moment. Yeah. And um, you know, I think he was like in the top 15 goal scorers in the conference in, in, last year. So, and, and he, he's got a bit of pedigree. Again, he's a manager. The, as the manager is going to have seen him play a lot of times, obviously having been down in the conference for those years. So, again, someone that he obviously knows and can probably trust, and probably knows his background, knows how he works. You suspect there's been a lot of work done by um, by Askey in in terms of bringing Faye in. So, I'm going for Ockham Behere or Ockenberry maybe I don't know It's maybe Beery. it's one of
0: those two I don't know there's an A in the middle <laughs> there which you didn't pronounce so
1: it's it's a silent one it's a silent A don't worry um, but yeah I'm excited to see how he e gets on and um things that you sort of see his YouTube highlights, he looks quick pacey direct, um we saw a little bit of that at uh, Bristol City, which I'll come to later on, but yeah that's certainly one who I think we probably will be seeing in the first team quite a lot
0: yeah, no, I think he's an exciting one, and it's nice to sign you know an attacking player mm-hmm. um, obviously we lost um having lost um Rodman, obviously yeah. there was need for 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 wingers, and yeah obviously we signed um, another winger as well, mm. and so a lad, so we sign again, and I'm not sure if has <laughs> just. It, to a name I've heard, Glenn, I'm it's name if honest. It's a new one. Yeah, Gilead. I'll go for that. And then um, <laughs> he's a, a winger again, plays on both flanks. Um, so we're definitely um, added strength into those areas. There's a, a free transfer from Newcastle United on a two-year deal. Another 22-year-old. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of lads of um, kind of similar age. Um, he played for England uh, under 16, 17, and 18, and under 20 level. Um, but fortunately, he didn't play any games in Newcastle. No. Um, but he did have loan spells at um, uh, Carlisle, Luton, and Bradford. And um, then he went back to Bradford for a second spell and played 42 games last year. So that's, yeah. that's encouraging that he played 42 games under two different managers as well in, yeah. a, in a, a well, you know, a strong squad, um, which says, you know, that, you know, potentially we've signed, you know, quite a decent um, um player there with quite a decent potential
1: yeah I'd say that he's he's a league one player let's be honest if you played 42 games at league one and from what, he's ready isn't yeah, he yeah exactly he's ready he's ready for the, <laughs> he's ready for the first team he, to me he's more likely to be the direct placement for Rodman if we end up playing a similar tactic to what we played last year which again we'll, we'll come to in a bit but um, yeah league one ready as far as I'm concerned and um, yeah it, it's interesting because he, he made his debut for Bradford last season when they played us at the Meadows. Remember, it was the first game we lost at home when yeah. Toto scored their own goal, and he stood out in that game. And he was also good on the telly game that you went to that was, was on at the end of last season. So he's got a bit of pedigree against us as well. So he was certainly someone that we've seen play well already um, in his yeah. time at Bradford. So again, another one that goes in the sort of, I think, a good signing pile for me. He, he looks impressive.
0: And also, you know, um, he's a player that was yeah, attracting interest from other teams as well. So that's a good sign. And then, yeah. yeah, again, a good pedigree. So so that's a, that's a good signing. So, yeah, out of them so far, is a couple of, we are you know, the signing seem quite good yeah, um, yeah. from looking at their kind of background. And then, yeah, and then the next and the final signing um, was yeah, Aaron Amity of Holloway. So, he's a, let's say, he's a, he's a direct replacement for Carlton Morris mm. um, in the sense that he's a big chap. Um, another two year deal, a bit older this time, 25. Um, hasn't played many games, nope. um, which is a bit of a concern. He, he came through the Cardiff youth system, uh, made a few appearances for Wales under seventeen and nineteens, played for various um, lower league clubs, but hasn't played a lot of games. Um, and his goal scoring record in the league has <laughs> scored eight goals in ninety eight games, which
1: which is worse than the shop, Ollie.
0: It's not the best record. <laughs> hopefully, you know, if we do, let's just say, let's just say, for argument's sake, we do play like we did last season and the target man is a genuine target man, a bit of a pivot. He's to be able to play that role for sure. Um, but yeah, he's, um, he's, he's not an out-and-out striker in the kind of mould of pain. No. Um, and obviously, you, we'll come on to Payne a bit later on, but maybe that's the kind of the thought that this guy is, you know, a different option to Payne. But then he is the shop. So, I don't know, do you play the bow for them? Two battering rams at front? No. I'm not sure. Um, but the, you never know though do you, you like, just to give him the benefit of the doubt so we're being quite critical there yeah. um, we're not being critical we're being factual and that is quite a poor record mm-hmm. um, yep. but you never know players sometimes do turn it. look at Rodman Rodman is a classic example you know um, you know He's gone on, he's had a, you know, a fantastic two seasons for a season and a half. Yep. You never know, this could be that this lad's break.
1: It could be, and you can't judge it, can you? The guys we've said stand out of sign-ins might be too young for them, might be too much for them at this level, and they might fade and wilt away. And the ones you think are going to be poor, might, like you know Holloway, could turn out to be reasonable, hard-working signs. Obviously, my boss, the Oldham fan, who I mention on the podcast all the time, I went and sort of plugged in for a bit of information about Holloway, and um, he was relatively positive. He said he's, he was well-liked at Oldham, he's a hard work. He he doesn't shirk his responsibilities of being a, what was a lone target man quite a bit at the time when he came on. He he mainly came on as a sub for Oldham, but he, he didn't really let the club down. The well, he didn't really let the club down in terms of his work rate. He did let the team down in terms of he did miss a lot of sitters. He would um, not find himself in the best position sometimes. In a little bit like Carl Morris, he maybe worked in the wrong areas, um, so he wasn't getting as many goals as he could. And then he would go long stretches without scoring any goals. Um, and I think towards the end, some Oldham fans did turn on him a little bit because he just wasn't producing in what was a relegation. Back battle for them and they needed to get out of trouble um, and obviously he struggled last year when they did have uh, Eon Doyle and uh, Byrne didn't they up front who were their first choice strikers so he's, he's obviously had an interesting career trying to battle his way into a first team and to me it seems from all the vibes and from having watched the 1st preseason game that Askey's probably going to want to play another big target man up front and play the midfield off him whether that's you know a four or or even just a one sitting behind and then a, th- an, a sorry, five or then a four and just one just off him. You know, it seems like that might be the vibe we're going for. So, at the, end, at the end of the day, it's going to be him or the shop that's going to be starting games for Shrewsbury Town. So, having seen the shop, to be honest with you, this is probably the best chance this kid's going to have to play. You know, a good season's worth of games at a football club. And if he can find the target and maybe get four or five goals before Christmas, he's probably going to keep his place. So, yeah, this is a big chance, really, at 25. Isn't it? He's got to kind of take this one with both hands.
0: Yeah, he's got something to prove, mm-hmm. hasn't mm-hmm. he? That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's um, going to be interesting to see how he gets on. So, so yeah, the, they're the signings that are like confirmed. Obviously, there's a few quite a bit of rumours from, let's call it, bullshit flying around on Twitter. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's a couple of players that have left. So, um, Rodman left, and um, didn't accept the deal we offered yeah. him, and he's gone to Bristol Rovers. Um, go and Brown are car sharing and gone to Coventry <laughs> um, McGillivray um, has gone to Portsmouth um, which is a big shame actually because I'd lo- love to have seen him be our first choice this season yeah. but you can't blame him going to Portsmouth um, you know they are um, a great club and um, a great as set as of well. fans yeah. and on on more money um, so fair play to him You know we love McGillivray to, you know, he's a yeah, big fan favourite he'll get a, yeah he'll get a good round of applause and he did he did things well he's a, yeah, a good chap um, Leach Smith has gone I well, um, and <laughs> Um, Riley has gone to Plymouth so good luck to him yeah interesting one that then, I yeah, thought and yeah, and then um, Raleigh's dropped to Halifax. So, you know, the, uh, out of all those, obviously, uh, the, the two that I'm disappointed we lost, um, most. the two that I'm most disappointed about, is McGillivray, actually, probably yeah, maybe, well. and Agogo. Because um, I, I think goalkeepers are quite tough to find, and a good goalkeeper, you know, we've had some terrible ones, haven't we, in the years. Mm. So I really like to have collected McGillivray. There's something about him, something a bit classy about him. But then Rodman as well, I really like. But I think, I don't know, Rodman, I, I love Rodman. I think he was fantastic for us. He's a bit older. Yeah. Um, And he was, you know, he he could he frustrated Hurst with his injuries, getting that little bit older. Um, you know, he, like while I'd, I think he's a great bloke, and it'd be really interesting to see what he does with his career. Um, you know, if he comes back as a director of football since so, that's a career he wants to pursue. You know, really, really respect the guy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the wingers we signed, I don't feel that's been as big a loss at the moment. Well,
1: Rodman, Agogo, Brown, and McGivley are all going to be missed because of what they did last season and the part they played in that season. And you know, I wouldn't say they're not replaceable though. I'd, I'd say Rodman is like you; he's replaceable. You know, he should be able to go out and find a left wing or left wing player somewhere that could probably perform at the level he was playing at um I also think the Browns probably replaceable as well at left-back. There's plenty yeah. of left-backs. I think the two hardest players to replace, interestingly, are the two that you just said. I think trying to find a goalkeeper of the quality in McGillivray might be quite difficult this summer, in all honesty, because we've obviously got to this point now with a couple of weeks before the season starts. And at the moment, we've got a young goalkeeper and a guy on loan who I didn't rate, to be honest with you. And he's, he's got absolutely no track record. Um, so who knows who the hell's going to be playing in goal. So McGillivray would have been fantastic. If we kept in that would have just we would have had a nice basis to work from then, wouldn't we? But it didn't happen, which is a shame. And a go we all know how important he was for us when he played. And, and Let's be honest. The chance of us finding a player like that again without spending a bit of money is, is fairly low, isn't it? So um, we've got Bryn Morris on the books. He might have to adapt his game and try and play it. I'm not sure that's going to work. But trying to find another a go go um, is, is obviously proving to be difficult because we haven't bought in a direct replacement. Um, obviously, we've, we've tried to get Anthony Grant from Peterborough. That's not a rumor. That's actually been confirmed at both ends. Yeah, it's by the chairman. Um, yeah. By he's, the he's, chairman of Peterborough. Yeah. And, and also we, our manager said he turned us down. So yeah, he did. He didn't. We obviously aren't offering him enough. Money. Money, which is an interesting uh, conundrum, considering most of our players at a contract left last year. So you do wonder what we're offering with contracts. But so we're looking, we're obviously looking for an Anthony Grant or a Agogo type player, aren't we, in that midfield? And it's looking like that position and goalkeeper are being the most difficult for us to try and fill, aren't they?
0: Yeah. No, I think it's going to be difficult. And I think, yeah, I think um, the interesting piece is going to is the goalkeeping bit. And it's you, these these deals you either seem to do them really early on, don't yeah. you? Or they get increasingly difficult because it's almost like a bit like a house house mortgage going through. Yeah. You know, this club will release this player, and this one will go, and this one will go. Or you get players going. Well, you know, you've waited this long. You know, why not wait a couple more weeks? And that's just kind of this negotiation um, waiting game kind of comes into play. So while fans are quite are frustrated and I can understand the frustration, I think you know. It, it does get harder now, doesn't it? And you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be key, you know, whether we, obviously we don't want to hold on for so long that we don't get anyone, but it's a tough one, isn't it Glenn? Yeah. You know, it's to kind of sign players as you get close to that window. Yeah. Cause,
1: Cause everyone was saying, oh, don't panic about the keepers. You know, we didn't sign McGivillery and we didn't sign Henderson until later on. Well, the fact is the last one we signed was Henderson and he signed on the 14th of June. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we've reached a point where beyond how late it was when we signed both our goalkeepers last season. So, you know, it is time yeah, is ticking. We can't just put it
0: in the context of the goalkeeper No, no, I'm, no. I, and the the players, squads coming but yeah.
1: together, but I just it's it's such a vital position, Ollie, as you know, isn't it? And you know, we're missing yeah. our goalkeeper working with our backline all pre-season. That that can be a good thing for a defense. You know, the fact that you know they they had that time together last season and and were able to build those bonds. It is a big part of why we we're so defensively structured and and so hard to break down. I can't help but feel like not having that person in place quite yet it might start to affect the defenders. Hopefully not, and hopefully they get in someone in the next week or so. Though, and that's the first choice goalkeeper, and we can start to build a base from there. But it's—it's it's certainly not. I think it's probably the least. It, it, it's the hardest position to leave to the end because you, your goalkeeper to me is so vital. But that's just the way I look at it. I'm not a football manager, but you know that's just what I would like, Ollie.
0: <laughs> I'd I'd say probably being outfield is probably more difficult because you've got to, yeah, because you've got to organise your press and you've got to organise your shape and you've got to understand how we're going to defend and how we're going to, you know, what kind of distances you're going to have from your fellow players. Mm. So I think it's probably more of an easy one. But I understand, I think I, I agree with you from a kind of a mental state and a kind of confidence thing, you know. Um, I'd agree. I'd, I'd say definitely from a confidence and understanding communication and yeah. kind of getting used to a goalkeeper that that's that is a big challenge. So it's not ideal. No. But um, if if it come, if it comes next week, the end of next week, I'm still not signing anyone else. Then I think yeah, I think people are ready to kind of ring that panic bell, that rat panic bell. But yeah, it's we've got a bit of time and. You yeah, know, we've got to play a goalkeeper, so we've got to sign someone.
1: Well, we've not run out of loan options yet. Every season, we, we've got a loan player no. in, so we've got plenty, of plenty of options to bring loan players in. And uh, yeah, there we go. And who knows? We might still lose another player. You know, it it could happen. We could lose an Olin or a Toto late in the window. And. Quite where that leaves us, then we'll have to discuss down the line when we get to that. But the, yep. the last players really to talk about in terms of how the squads coming together are Doug Loft and Steve Arnold, who are on trial. Um, I've decided we're not going to talk about the guy, I think it's Wilson, Ben Wilson from who's sort of ex Telford. He's not going to sign, so we're not going to talk about him. But Loft and Arnold, from everything the manager's saying in his interviews recently, he's been really bigging them up on um, the way they've played in pre season. And it sounds to me like all the vibes are that Doug Loft and, and probably Steve Arnold will sign. Now, to me, they, they're probably going to be signing as sort of fringe players. Um, they don't strike me as 1st So where players. do they play, Glenn? So, so, so Doug Loft is a central midfielder, um, more of a little sitting midfielder, not quite in the same a mold He's quite old, but he's sort of like a... I don't know, he's he's someone that will just get the ball and pass it. A Drummond, it. Yeah, almost? Yeah, that's a real good example. Pass it sideways, keep it ticking over. Neil Sorvell-type, yeah, Stew Drummond-type player, I think would be a great example. Um, and Steve Arnold is a goalkeeper um, who is currently... Uh, Place for Bradford. Uh, Bradford. Place for Barrow. So if we want to get him, even though he's on trial, we'll have to potentially either pay Barrow some money or he'll you know, convince them to let him leave for free. So a bit of an interesting one. Um, and he, he wasn't much cop in the pre season friendly, I didn't think. But we'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, that, that, it seems to me like they will sign. So that will bolster in the midfield and, and the goalkeeper positions. But I still feel like. They're the, they're the backups, and you'll still be looking for your first-choice central midfielder and a first-choice goalkeeper. Oh, I hope that's what happens anyway.
0: So, yeah, so I put down, I think, we need two goalkeepers, left back, a left-back, a defence midfielder and a central midfielder. Um, and you've put, you'd like a striker, Glenn. So, yeah. we've got two target men and Payne, and, and we've got we got a youth player as well, one of the young ones Yeah, John McAtee um, as well as a striker. Yeah, John McAtee as well.
1: I, I think I, I put that because, initially, that's what... Um, Askey was saying he was interested in. I, I get the feeling he might view Faye as more of a winger, um, and he, he played Payne out wide in a couple of the preseason games as well. So, you know, we've got the two target men um, to play up front, and and potentially Payne as well to play up there as well. But quite how that works or not, I don't know. But I, I still feel like Payne's fast, but he's not the fastest. And if Faye isn't a striker, then we could do with that quick pacey option that I talked about as needed last season. But maybe I'm just being greedy. Everyone likes loads of strikers, don't they? <laughs>
0: You more than most can i say. <laughs> that's
1: fair enough. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So, that's how the squad's coming together, Ollie. I wouldn't disagree with what's needed there, I think, in terms of, of the sort of midfield options. Um, and I think I'd keep that list. You know, I'd take the one goalkeeper off, but I'd still be looking, even if Doug Loft signed for a defensive midfielder and a central midfielder, just to complement that midfield, because we know how hard a season is. We could end up playing another 40, 50 well, odd games this season. You know, if you bring in a player like Loft, you're going to expect him to sort of break down with injuries. And a few of our midfielders have got a little bit of an injury record. So having a little bit more bolstered support in there might possibly help. But um, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to see how it goes.
0: Yep, cool. So yeah, so enjoy. obviously we've got a bit of time and yeah, be interested to see what we get and yeah, fingers crossed we can sign a few gems. Yeah, exactly. So um pre season, Glenn, so do you want to run us through um, so uh, what's been happening?
1: Yeah, so we've had three games so far. Um the first one was I think last week last week in the middle of the week, um sorry, week before last, where we played a behind closed doors game at Lillershaw versus Kidderminster and won three nil with Beery scoring two and uh Mohamed Issa scoring one. So positive, but we didn't really know much about the game other than the match report which the Town team wrote and obviously it was all positives about how well we played so you can only take that on board it was probably just the first season game a bit of a workout seems to have got what they wanted out of it so, so that was good and then obviously the first chance we got to see the the town uh, lads this season was away at Bristol City last weekend um, at Ashton Gate. So I went. I've never I've never been to Ashton Gate, Ollie. I, I assume you've never been there.
0: No, I haven't. No, it's a shame actually because I'd like to have gone to that one. It just didn't work.
1: Really nice stadium. Really nice stadium, especially it's their, been developed, hasn't yeah, it developed. Yeah, their new stand they built looks fantastic. To be fair, and they've got like a massive fan zone outside with grassed astroturf um, where you can sort of sit and, and get a drink. And it was like massive big barbecue pits going on there. And they had the England game. And there's a massive TV screen on the side of the stadium. So after we. The game had finished. They were showing the, the England third place playoff game on this big screen outside, and there was already probably a hundred people waiting there to watch it. Who obviously hadn't been to the Bristol City game. So, yeah, it was quite quite a nice vibe down there. It was bloody boiling hot as usual um, as has been all summer. But yeah, it was it was interesting really. I mean, do they do chips? Uh, they didn't do chips in the ground, no, sadly. <laughs> but they did chips outside, so that's a start isn't it? But um, yeah, my 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 boy just wanted loads of water because we were literally melting in the stands. So um, yeah, we drank like three bottles of water while we were there. So they they got, they got their money out of us. But um, yeah, I, I went really for for the principle of just down and look at the new lads, really, because um, you always want to kind of get an idea of what's going on. And obviously, we got to saw the trialists as well. So it was interesting to me to see a first uh, Asky team and see how he was setting it up. So. I'll read the first half team out, which was the, the team that started. So Steve Arnold was in goal, Bolton right back, Sadler and Toto centre back, um, Haynes played left back, and then we had Wally, Doug Loft, Sam Jones, John Nolan and Payne in midfield, with Loft, Jones and Nolan being the central midfielders. Um, Payne played out left, um, which was really interesting, and then John Lewis was up front on his own. So, yeah, obviously a bit of a different look in terms of the personnel from last season, but actually when they started to play very similar tactically to how we set up last season, Ollie... Um, And, yeah, interesting that that was the first thing he wanted to present to the fans. And, um, you know, interesting that he considers pain to be able to do a job out left. He did do it a few times for Hurst, didn't he? It wasn't a regular thing, but there was a couple of times we played out there. And all in all, it was was a pretty interesting it was a dull second half to be honest with you but the first half was quite competitive I thought and um a few players stood out particularly Wally and Nolan who just looked back to sort of their best to be honest with you I didn't want Nolan to play that well Ollie, because Bristol City <laughs> are the sort of team that might come sniffing after him aren't they um which might yeah. be a bit of a worry John Lewis worked hard up front Payne scored a goal uh they went 1-0 up um uh basically someone had a, quite a long shot and this Steve Arnold went down in instalments. basically he um he did not look very fluid in his movement at all and um The reason I'm not overly keen on him as a first-choice goalkeeper at this stage is he looked quite rusty, even though he played all season for Barrow last year. The summer summer hasn't helped him. He's quite old, and he sort of stayed rooted to his line when sort of balls were flashing across the six yard box. Um, The communication was obviously being worked on during the game with the centre backs, and they they didn't make any horrific errors like that. But the thing was, it was quite a low key game. He didn't have any direct saves to make, so he couldn't judge his shot stopping. To be honest with you, I have to say I thought his kicking was really good, Ollie. He was really really consistent with kicking, so there's a positive. But um, yeah, he didn't didn't strike me as being anywhere as a patch of Henderson or even McGiverry. To be honest with you, so. If you, you end up with him in goal as a starting point, we definitely have downgraded from last season for me. But um, there we go. Sadler and Toto were solid at the centre-back. Um, Haynes, to me, was a little bit exposed quite a lot. But to be fair, he had Payne playing in front of him, who's obviously not used to the defensive side of the game. So a bit hard to judge him really on his defensive performance because he was doing quite a lot when Payne was sort of just hanging around up front. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really it the first half. And it was 1-1 at half-time. Um, tried to get a photo with Toto as he was warming up, but he wasn't interested. So my little boy was a bit disappointed. And then the same team came out second half, um, other than Beckles swapped for Sadler. Um, and uh, yeah, that played on for 60 minutes. It was still 1-1. It was quite an interesting, tight game. And then we made a whole raft of 10 changes after that. So that, that trialist goalkeeper, Ben Wilson, went in goal. And then we had Hendry at right back. Um, I say Beckles had come on. Kennedy played alongside him. Ganua played left back. So... That was a bit of a shocker. <laughs> so, <you're- laughs> how did he do? I don't know, it was down the other end and they didn't. there wasn't much attacking going on in the second half. He, he didn't make any tremendous mistakes. So um, he definitely unsettled... Anything so as part of his development maybe? Yeah, yeah maybe. Saying, look, you're going to need to kind of do a job for us wherever we need you this season because um, you have been elevated up the pecking order at the seams a bit. But he definitely unsettled Beckles a few times. Beckles looked a bit shaky at times. You know you know, I love the man, but... Um-
0: he does look shaky at <laughs> sending back. That's the worry. Exactly. <laughs> like so he did at Rochdale. I think
1: he might end up playing left-back again this season the way it's going. But... Um, yeah, the Gilead came on, he impressed second half for me. Um but also Bryn Morris played central midfield with Barnett. Um and then Issa played on the wing. The young kid, Ryan Barnett yes, the young kid. Are, are you flat. Then Issa played on the other wing, and Ockenberry and then Holloway came up front. He had one snapshot in the game. Incredibly hard to judge what he, what kind of a player he was. To be honest with you, Ockhamberry and Issa were both active. Um, and in the second half, when they made those changes on 60 minutes, he did play more of a 4-4-2. So Holloway played right up with sort of Ockhamberry just off him, and then Issa and Gilead as the wingers, Bryn Morris and Barnett as the two centre midfielders. Barnett was probably the more impressive of the two centre midfielders. Actually, he was quite well quite well adapted to the game and um, sort of making a step up to sort of full time, you know. Well, it would be nice Big if we've of the, that field yeah.
0: fielder we need. We'd love to see a youth play. Yeah, coming through. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, be nice. So, second half it was. It was you know those last thirty minutes were a bit. It was hot and the players were tiring and there was drinks breaks and there wasn't really a lot going on. So it wasn't. It wasn't the, <laughs> the most interesting game I've ever seen. But good to just get an idea of kind of what tactics he might play and what these players were. So yeah, that's just my general general vibe really. But I just wish No Land played so well. That was my last thing coming out of it. <laughs>
0: that's a shame but yeah fingers crossed nothing will happen but yeah there's, there's plenty of time yeah. here, there.
1: one thing I would know as well is Sam Jones I didn't really notice him at all during the game um, which was a bit of an interesting one because you're thinking he's going to be one that's got a chance to kind of take a take a place hasn't he but yeah sort of quite sort of dips in and out of games really don't um, take and, too I, I, much
0: from pre-season though it's, nah. it's...
1: no 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 but I'm um, just can judge it from the game I saw do you know what yeah. I mean and, he, and in the game I would also say that despite what I said about Doug Loft he was pretty neat and tidy in the game I thought he wasn't terrible so there you go when you start to see players playing you get slightly different views don't you but um, that was that and then the last game we played was, was Bradford behind closed doors uh, this week Um Sorry, not Bradford. Burnley, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Burnley. Played, yeah, it
0: was a good Burnley side. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, There's quite a few Tur- decent names in it.
1: Tarasovski played, didn't he, and a few other sort of big names. And we beat we we beat them one 0
0: Yeah, there was heat. I only looked at it very quickly. I saw like just a flash, but there was yeah. The Sam Vokes was playing. Yeah. There was um Heaton in goal, and there were some good players playing. It was a decent side.
1: So after the Bristol City game, Askie had come out and said he was really impressed with the way we played and, and bits and pieces. But interestingly, even though we won one nil. Um, he wasn't impressed with our performance at Burnley, so we'll have to see. How, <laughs> we'll have to see how that uh, comes out at the end. of Probably it.
0: mind game Yeah, exactly. Not going to say we were amazing. We're done. We're finished. Arsenal. No, school.
1: exactly. But he said Loft and Arnold stood out, so that's why we're getting the vibes about them potentially signing. So um, yeah,
0: there we go. That's what did you do you make of the black kit then? What do you uh, make of the black kit?
1: That'll be the last time we see that black kit, Ollie.
0: <laughs> do you, I? I don't know. I, I don't know. I saw a picture of Beckles. I thought he looked pretty smart. But it's all
1: right looking kit, but there's absolutely no need to have a third kit, is there?
0: Oh, there is Glenn, you need more kits. There's no more need. Kits.
1: There's absolutely no need for it. We've not needed a third kit for years and years and years. And I there's absolutely no chance we'll end up using that in a bit. We'll
0: see it, Glenn. We'll be one game and there'll be one game and then be like, Thank God we've got that third kit and no. you'll be like, God, I'm eating humble pie tonight, Glenn. If Ollie. we
1: if we wear that third kit in a competitive game this season, Ollie, I will go and buy one. Oh well, you can't, because no one can buy those kits, Ollie. <laughs> they're not available for sale and they won't be available for sale for the rest of the season. So there we go. <laughs> it's just a third kit that no one can buy. What's the bloody point?
0: Maybe it's a new rule or something <laughs> we don't know about. But anyway, oh, yeah. So, so, so that's pre-season then. So um, what we've what's happened so far? Like, where's your, where's your head at right now?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling a bit... I, I, I predicted... I said at the end of last season I'd be happy with 12th, didn't I? Or sort of 15 yeah. to 12th. I still would be, to be honest with you. The way the squad's coming together, it looks functional and it'll probably do a job. It doesn't strike me yet. If we recruit the last few positions well, that it's a relegation team. You know, we've still got the core of the team that were there. So I'm, I'm predicting a very mind-numbing mid-table season with some awful games, with some impressive performances, and hopefully we have a good run in the cup. I'd be pretty happy with that. That's kind of where I feel I'm going to pitch the season. I'm absolutely not looking at the playoffs as it stands now, but I like every Sheep Town fan, will be able to revisit that in 10, 15 games and think, OK, maybe that was way better than I thought or maybe that was way worse than I thought and we'll have to judge it then. But it is a bit weird. I I, one of the things I do want to bring up is sort of ASCII and his connection with the fans and how that's going because I find it very really interesting because we've gone from a manager where we seem to know everything about him and sort of enjoyed listening to his interviews, us personally who were listening to all the interviews, um, and we very briefly mentioned this on the sort of review at the end of last season about how his first few interviews seemed quite dull, stilted, and he didn't like the press. I haven't really changed my view on that, Ollie. I'm finding it, you know, hard to like him, but I know that's that's the wrong way of saying it. But it's like, he's very new, and I guess we're all trying to get used to it. But it's it's almost like, I haven't heard him mention our fans or anything like that. And I know that's, you know, just pandering to the fans can be a bad thing sometimes. But, I don't know, we haven't had a and a there's not been a chance to meet him yet. And, and, I don't know, I don't quite, we don't quite know enough about him, do we? We need that sort of first few games to get going so we can kind of start to get in love with him and... See how he is as a manager, but I don't know. It's it's the manager more than the players that I'm sort of finding a disconnect with at this stage, and that's just me. I might be the only one.
0: No, I'd say I was, wasn't overly impressed with his first interviews, but then we were coming from Paul Hurst, who was pretty pretty good at yeah. it. we were. A, you know, he's a bit of a master of this that environment and that art. Um, so we need to give him benefit of yeah, doubt. But yep. you're right. You know, I'm not over like, first impressions. Are seems a bit a bit dour and yeah seems almost a bit nervous with the camera yeah, fr- yeah. Fr- fr- in front of him um but you know you know i think um you know Maybe we be we in the same position. Maybe you struggle a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, correct. let's see how he gets in the games. But you're right; he's not giving us. And obviously, then that makes your mind run, doesn't it? How, what's he like with the players? What's he like at recruiting players? You know, is he is he able to kind of engage them? But you mm-hmm. can imagine Hurst phone up a player. You know, you could imagine he could get them going. Oh yeah, I want to play for this guy. Uh, maybe Esky can do that. Maybe that's maybe that's one of his strengths. But from his interviews, yeah, it's it's, 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 a, it's concerning. It's not concerning is a strong word, and I don't want to use that word. But it's it's not. Um, Super positive, is it?
1: I think it'd be interesting as the season goes on, whether we have the same volume of interviews that Paul Hurst would do, you know, the pre post match, and, and uh, get get the feeling that he's going to want to kind of do it in a different way. And I don't know whether the football club will let him do that, but I certainly they think, think you can do I well, think
0: he has to do that legally to do it yeah, legally by the rules. To- I
1: don't know. I don't know. I, I, I get it. I get the feeling that he would probably would rather not do it, but. um who knows? That's just my judgment on it. But yeah. it's interesting. I do think he got slightly better in his interviews. That last one he did, where he was talking about he didn't like the way we played at Bradford. There was the first time I saw some steel in him and a little bit of drive and a bit of passion in any of the interviews he's yeah. done and I've, I've watched most of them as they've been coming along so maybe you know we're starting to see it and I think you know maybe we could just put it down to first few weeks in a job nerves and, and settling into things like anyone would in a job so I just want to see him grow and sort of try and show a connection to the club because you know he is very Maxfield and he is the you know got a stand named after him there and all that stuff I want to see him say to him no Maxfield's my past this is my future I want to be a big part of this club yeah yeah so anyway that was me what do you think's gonna happen this season Ollie <laughs>
0: Um, so, yeah, so I think, um, pretty similar to you, Glenn, at the moment, I think, you know, I don't, it doesn't feel like we've got a relegation team. We've still got some star players in there in terms of who performed well. And, you know, Worley, Nolan, Beckles, Toto, you know, if we've got those, Stephen Payne, we've got those, we've got a goal, we've got, a, you know, a good team that control a game. Yep. So, yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much agree with you. I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, you'd have to put kind of a marker from, like, you know, just outside the playoffs all the way down to, like, the middle of the bottom half at the moment in terms of if you just, you can't really put, put a, a pin on it. But then if think about last season you know we thought you know Rochdale were a good team and Oxford and all this stuff and Scunthorpe and stuff you just never know it's such mm. a such a funny league and yeah it's all about momentum isn't it you know so we saw last season we went in we've, we've built of a steam of momentum and kept it going and that kind of launched the whole season hopefully we can have a good start and have something similar but I think I think we need a bit of a spark in the squad don't we it feels like we've you know we're we could uh, on loan or something like that. We could could do yeah. a bit of magic in the squad. Little
1: wow, little wow signing. Even if it's just yeah. like you know, t- people talk about that Pereira from Man United in goal. That'd be quite exciting, wouldn't it? Some some big signing from a loan team higher up the pyramid that we can get quite excited about. Or even if we go out and spend some money on a player that we wouldn't have expected, that'd be good. I mean, Anthony Grant doesn't feel me as that sort of sort of signing either. To be honest with you, if we did end up getting him, so maybe there's someone out there that can get us that that sort of last little bit of quality that might mean it's a, a comfortable season. But um, yeah, I'm I, I'm looking forward. to to it, Ollie. You know, you always look forward to a season at this time of year, don't you? The, the pleasure and the pain it might bring you and, and we we go again as the as as those managers types say. We go again, Ollie. Yeah, we do go <laughs> again.
0: And be interesting to see how we go. But yeah, so um so that's the the kind of the pre season, don't we probably just need to just cover off a, a bit of a bit of admin over overflowing from last season
1: yeah we'll move on to talking about the final 2017-18 sort of information and updates that we had Godfrey, forward to the feet of Nolan to Nahua Nahua can he get the shot in here on he goes Nahua does shoot and he scores he's won it Arthur Nahua off the bench it's stoppage time so one of the things we didn't cover off in the end of season review Ollie was the, the salop class player of the season obviously every game we give a, a rating uh, top three don't we and, and we give ten points to whoever comes first five to second and three to third so as we were going through the season uh, we should just say John Nolan won player of the season for us didn't he this year and he yeah, was he was, smashed he, it. he was miles ahead he wasn't going to get caught but I thought it was just interesting that we had some slight differences that we'll talk about in a minute but in terms of the, the top ten players and this basically includes the players that were there the whole season you had um, Craig McGivley and Alex Rodman got 53 points Bryn Morris got 59, Omar Beckles got 88 Sean Wally also got 88 and then we're into the hundreds then so Dean Anderson 109, Carl Morris 117 the big gap then to Toto on 140, Ben Godfrey on 149, Abu Agogu 157 and then a massive gap to the top two. Um, second was Matt Sadler on 240 and John Nolan as said walked it and got a total points of 276 so yeah, I think, you know, you couldn't argue with the sort of listings there. I think that, um, interestingly, Rodman's so low, even we just talked about him being replaceable. Um, I think it kind of backs it up for me that, you know, he, he, he was good for us, but, you know, he never was man of the match as many times as we actually thought looking back, which was no, interesting. No, it's
0: only really one game against, well, the two games against Bristol Rovers, one as a sub, one as a starter, yeah um, where he kind of really shone, and it's funny they took him.
1: And the other interesting thing I thought was how low Stephen Payne was. So he was outside the top 10. We actually only ended up giving him 42 points across the whole of last season, Ollie. So, you know, even though he's our top goal scorer and actually contributed a lot, he he was never the standout player in in most of the games we were looking at. So interesting how it sort of shook out. But John Nolan won every other award. So, you know, fair enough, he won ours. And when we look at our voting, Ollie, so we we track, you know, who who gave points by each of us. We both had John Nolan top of ours. We both had Matt Sadler second. But interestingly, I had... um, I had Toto second and you had Ben Godfrey second and yeah. I, I gave Toto 77 points across the season. You only gave him 37 and then <laughs> you had Ben Godfrey second and 89 and I only gave him 50. So it does show, you know, that these things, the reason we do it with us and the guests is because we all have different views and hopefully that kind of melts yeah. into a nice rounded interesting sort of Thing, but you didn't give uh, you didn't give Omar Beckles half enough points. Looking at this, Ollie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to, <laughs> but no, but I just, I just think, yeah, I don't know. It's just different way of looking at the game, yeah. I guess, isn't it? And that's yeah. how it's reflected in the points.
1: So congratulations to Nolo. So yeah, we just thought we'd update everybody on that. But um, yeah, the other predictions thing were we we obviously do the the weekly predictions, Ollie, where we we go and try and predict the scores. And last year I won by a very small margin. I think it was by three points in the end. Um, and you had to buy me a scarf, which I much appreciated. And this year, you won by six points. Um, you clinched it quite near the end. You got the Blackpool away result right near the end of the season. And that kind of gave you an unassailable lead. So yeah, you won 35 points to 29 points. So good result, Ollie. Well done. You, you, proved, you proved you proved were better than me. However, if you look at our scores across the season, Ollie, they're bloody awful, to be honest with you. I only got three right across the whole year. We predicted 30 games and you only got five right. So... There's definitely room for improvement in our predictions, Ollie.
0: It's hard, though. It just shows you how the bookies it is. do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to book an, ex- get an exact score. It's
1: so hard. It's so hard. And the last thing we did at the start of last season, we will do another one of these and, again, put it out to the, to the fans to, to let us know what they think as well. But we went through the sort of salop... Uh, sorry, we went through the... We went through the supporters' parliament's uh, prediction competition, um, which was those twenty-two questions looking at, you know, what we thought would happen in the season that we did right on the sort of, I think it was about the week before the season started. So, it's some very interesting results. Again, I would say, Ollie, um, and I should just say. You won this again, Ollie, <laughs> um, but only by one point this time. But again, we were rubbish with our predictions. It, we really, really aren't doing very well in them. But it's yeah. so
0: hard, isn't it? I <laughs> think I predicted like I don't know, Middlesbrough to win the league and yeah. all these kind of things oh, and stuff. Yeah. Just thinking off the top of my head, but yeah, it's uh, it is tough. But, so, um,
1: so, question one was where did we think Shrewsbury would finish? So you went twelfth. Um, which was the better of the two guesses because I went 15th and obviously we came third so zero points for us there Um, who was going to be our top goal scorer I went for Carlton Morris and you went for Arthur Gunua. what on earth were you thinking Ollie? (laughs) and obviously no points for either of us there um Will Shoes be and get to the third round of the FA Cup? We both went for yes, and obviously they did, so that was the first points we had in the bag. Um, how many loan players will Shoes use in 2017-18? We both guessed... Uh, sorry, I guessed nine, you guessed eight, and you were right. We only had eight loan players last year, so well done on that one. Um, name one team to be relegated from League One. I went for AFC Wimbledon, you went for Gillingham. Both wrong again. Will Conor Goldson play in a Premiership game? We both said he would, and he did, so that's good. And he'll probably be playing in a Scottish Premiership game next season, won't he, Ollie? So well, that'll be interesting. Uh, will Mickey Mellon still be the Tranmour, Tranmere manager? You went with yes, so you're right again. I went with no. Um, interestingly, we've got Tramir in the Crapper Trade Trophy, haven't we? So Mickey Mellon will become Max Hughes. Well, have you seen that?
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one goes down. <laughs> There'll be nobody if there. Anyone turns up,
1: <laughs> so it's fine. Um... Who will win League One? We both went for Blackburn, which was a bit of a good guess to be fair, but obviously Wigan picked them at the end, so no points there. Um, where will Shrewsbury finish in the EFL Trophy group? Bit of a pointless question, but uh, we both—I went got second. Uh, I got that right. I went for second. You got third. How many goalkeepers will get a start for Shrewsbury this year? We thought three would actually only two did. Um, would John Owen get more than ten goals? We were close. We both said sorry. We both got this right, but we were close to getting it wrong. We both said no, he wouldn't get ten goals. He actually got nine in the end, so. Quite close on that one. and uh, We also said no to Will Shrewsbury Town player get an international cap. yet? Yeah, no one got an international cap this year. Um, there was a couple of other questions about how many goals were scored. I won't really run through those because we didn't get any of them right. Uh, who will play more games, Zach Jules or Toto Nasala? You said Toto. You were correct. I went for Jules for some reason. God knows what I was thinking. He's not, he's not going to play again, is he? So That was a bit odd. Um, you also got uh, a point for John McAtee starting a game for Shrewsbury. I said yes he would and he didn't, so you got that right. Um, Paul Hurst, we both, he said we both said he'd be managed by the end of the season, we were right on that. Yeah, one of the other questions was, should we beat one of the teams from relegated from the Championship? And we both went for yes, and actually we beat two of the teams, which was Wigan and Rotherham, so that was a good result. Um, we both went for different teams to win the Premiership, and you got it right, you went for Man City, I went for Man United. And yeah, the last question really on here of any interest was, will loose seats be installed in the West End before the end of the season? I went for yes, you went for no. I actually got it right, Ollie. There were some loose seats installed before the end of the season, so there we go. I got Very I got exciting. a point back, but it wasn't enough. You got you got you won by ten to eleven. So um, I believe the supporters' of parliament are going to do another prediction competition this season. And uh, yeah, I don't know who's won this one yet. I think uh, Chris uh, Chris Wynn is going to be working out who won. But there we go. So you double prediction winner, Ollie. Uh, and I owe you something shoe Town related. Um, and I've been doing a bit of an eBay search. Because I think the scarf is a bit boring. So I'm going to be getting you something a bit more interesting, Ollie. So keep an eye out for that. We'll talk about it
0: on the podcast. Cool. So, yeah. So, podcast coming up. um, I'm on holiday three weeks. uh, Missing the first... Well, I couldn't technically get to Charlton, but... I um, don't think that would work. I'm coming, mm. landing from LA and going straight to um, the Valley again. Uh, and I've been there <laughs> enough times, I think. So my first game's likely to be in Burton in the Carling Cup. It's not the Carling Cup anymore, but let's call it that. Um, and yeah, you're missing a couple of games as well, Glenn, aren't you? But.
1: Yeah, so we're kind of we're kind of unfortunately we should say we're topping and t- tailing our holidays this year, aren't we? So there's going to be probably a week, maybe two weeks where we won't do a podcast. Um, I'm Ollie's obviously off soon on your holiday, aren't you? So I'm going to try and do another Salopcast to sort of sum up the rest of pre-season and the remaining signings with with one of our guests that I'll get to talk about it with us. So. Ollie will be missing for a week, but then I'll be away on my holiday, so you'll probably have to get a guest to do one to cover the sort of first couple of games of the season.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple of people in mind. Um, I was thinking as we went through the podu who would definitely be able to do it. So, yeah, I'll definitely do one, Glenn. It'll be an Good Ollie stuff. special without anyone from the, the Price family. Um, <laughs> Uh, not that's a bad thing at all, but yeah, just it is. Um, it's, it's interesting a, it's a to a bit differently.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. It's safe. So we're going to try and bring some content during the, the holiday period um, when we're off. And, and people always say, why are you taking holidays during the season? Well, not just because we are.
0: Kids, school holidays. Pet, I, mar- I married a teacher and you married a teacher.
1: Exactly, we can't get away from it. But interestingly, I'm going to go to all the remaining pre-season games, Ollie, so I'll go to... Um the game at Saturday which is against uh, uh, Brentford with Ryan Woods coming back to the Meadow and then we've got Telford away on Wednesday and then we've got Port Vale away, the last preseason game next Saturday. So I'm going to go to all three of those which is what I'll sort of bring on the next podcast. So probably be back after that third pre-season game to sort of finalise the squad, go through the rest of preseason, season and uh, do some more sort of, uh, more sort of in, informed analysis of where we think we're going and uh, yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting how that how that rest of it all shakes out, isn't it? So yeah, we we wish Asky the best of luck in the transfer market, don't we?
0: Yeah, we do. So fingers crossed, Brian, Brian and, and John, John can Yeah, get some gems, get some. You know, you know, happy to get a couple of loan players. Hopefully, get a few more, few more players in. Um, yeah. We'll, um, and yeah, be interested to see where we get to. So yeah, the next time we chat, Glenn, it'll be, yeah, season will be underway. And um, yeah, it's a start of another another long season, and hopefully an enjoyable one. Yeah,
1: bring back the rain. That's what I see, Ollie. So yeah, we well, need
0: <laughs> my. I was worried about when I was going on holiday. So I'm going to California for three weeks, and I was worried when I come back, my lawn was going to be a forest. Oh. And it's safe to say, I got nothing to worry about. <laughs> no, my I don't dead. have any grass left.
1: God, this is an old man chat. I tell you what, though, the, uh, do you know what's happened, Ollie? All those tweets you read about how the grass is growing at the meadow have finally sort of seeped into your subconscious, and you just want to talk. Oh, about I
0: love, hobbies. I love cutting the lawn. It's one of my favourite hobbies.
1: <laughs> That's not a hobby; it's a chore to me, Ollie. But there we go. It's not anyway. It's let's, brilliant. <laughs> let's, let's let's people get on with their summer and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the last three remaining weeks of non-football season, and we'll be back soon.